Hey gearheads and welcome to Garage Talk, a discussion on all things automotive. I'm Corey. And I'm Matt. And each week this podcast will serve as a catalyst for discussion on all sorts of topics that grind our gears, excite us, or just need a bit of extra conversation. In our first podcast, we both figured you needed to know just a little bit more about our personal car histories, who we are, why we're doing this podcast, and where we hope to grow in the future. As I mentioned before, Garage Talk is a discussion about all things automotive. And while this podcast will mainly feature our two voices, you can join the conversation online. Like us, follow us, tweet us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at GT Garage Talk. You can email us your thoughts and opinions at gtgaragetalk at gmail.com or visit our website, gtgaragetalk.com, for more information and to voice your opinions. We'd love to hear from you. Why don't you tell our awesome listeners a little bit about yourself and your car history? So, my car history actually started on two wheels and not four. Uh, My first gas-powered anything was a 1980 Honda XR80 dirt bike. And, uh, at the time, I think I was in fifth or sixth grade, uh, man, that was, that was the ultimate freedom. Uh, we lived next to a, a guy who had a big field out in front of his house and I got permission to ride all over that place. And I, I rode the snot out of that bike. I loved it. Um, it was, we, we actually moved a couple of years later and, uh, that bike funded my first car purchase, uh, sold that bike for about 500 bucks at a garage sale that my folks were having uh, while I was out of town, no doubt. And uh, got a, got a quick phone call from my dad. He said, hey, I got somebody here who's willing to buy your bike. Are you willing to sell it? I said, well, I guess so. Was, you know, 14, 15 years yeah. old, looking at needing a car in the future. And and so that was kind of the direction that it went. Um, so then, then I was on the hunt, right? And uh, my dad has had three or four Volkswagens in his past, uh, his growing up and some of the cars that he's had and he fell in love with them. And that, uh, probably uh, bled into me a little bit over the years. Funny how that works, right? I I love it. I love it. Uh, so the air cooled bug bit me and, uh, my first car was a 1971, uh, Volkswagen super beetle. Uh, paid a whopping $350 for it. It was not running at the time, but it was a roller. Minor details. uh, Minor details. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, come to find out, actually, after we split the case um, for that engine, the cam gear had spun off the end of the cam, uh, the camshaft. So um, it needed a full rebuild, top to bottom, inside and out. Um, the car was blue when I got it. It ended up being orange. Uh, I think there's a few pictures on the website of that car. And there's probably also some painful pictures of that car yes, on the website. Yes. Uh, because look at them. It, it took us about two or two and a half years to get that car back up on the road. So I was well into my uh, teenage years and uh, you know, 16, 17 years old. And um, matter of fact, I actually left to go to college at 17 in my dad's 94 S10 pickup. Uh, four-cylinder, five-speed, nothing fancy at all. But it had dual exhaust, dadgummit. So <laughs> I drove the mess out of that thing, too. That's it. That's it. Uh, and, and they were little bow tie tips, too. You know, the little outline of the bow tie. It was wonderful. Uh, that was a that was a blast of a truck. Yes. And, uh, and that poor truck. Um, I remember I, that thing, yeah. I, I wore it out. I wore it out. Um, so I, I left for college, actually, in that truck. And my, my parents moved up uh, to where I was going to college a few weeks later and brought the car with them i was able to finish it up 
and get it on the road. Uh, that fall, uh, got to play in the snow a little bit that, that winter with it. And then the following summer, um, were when the painful pictures happened. I actually asked my girlfriend at the time, uh, that week if she would marry me on the beach in Galveston. And, uh, after I had made the trek down from Oklahoma city to Galveston in that poor little Volkswagen and, uh, on the way home, uh, northbound on 45 around, uh, Fairfield, Texas, there was uh, a fine gentleman who decided to pull out in front of me in his expedition and I swerved to miss him and the rest is history. I ended up turning the car over on its roof and spun it around a couple of times and, uh, Thankfully, by the grace of God, uh, my uh, fiance at the time and I both walked away with just minor scratches and a little shook up. Uh, yeah, when you look at the pictures, it, you don't expect to hear just minor yeah. minor scratches or anything like that. Oh, yeah. So that was definitely an awesome experience. How long? How long were you in that car driving it? Like, how long did it live before it met its unfortunate demise? Um. Well, running and driving, I actually, I drove the car once dad and I got the engine back in it, but there was no windshield in it. There was no glass in it or anything like that at that point. So I couldn't really legally drive it on the road. I rode it down the street a couple of times. Uh, So it was, it was that fall in uh, 2006 or so, I guess when, uh, when I finally got it out on the road and registered and insured and all that good stuff. And, and so it was maybe eight months, nine months worth of of drive time that I actually got out of that car. How much work went into it? Oh, (laughs) years, years, years for eight months. Yeah. And, uh, the, uh, the other unfortunate part about that car, I I learned a lot with that car. Um, when dad and I rebuilt the engine on it, um, we actually forgot to torque the, uh, number three rod to the crank and it let go. And, uh, that was not the only air-cooled Volkswagen engine that I ruined, but uh, but it the first of it several. was the first, yes, yeah, and so so out of that eight or nine months, there were about three or four weeks in there where I was waiting on the engine to be rebuilt the second go around, and uh, so yeah, that was uh, that was a fun a fun go. Uh, the next car after that, and you and I share this car in mm-hmm. common actually. Uh, I believe it was a '98. Uh, or 99 Grand M uh, by Pontiac. Had the 3.4, the infamous 3.4 V6. So powerful. So powerful. Um, I thought it was because I was used to four cylinders and five speeds. So uh, a V6 with an automatic was was whole new territory for me. Um, Two-door, it was kind of sporty-looking-ish. Yeah, but you just had the SE, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was not privileged enough. <clears throat> yeah. But I will say, mine was a two-door, whereas yours was a four-door. So, yeah, you know, there's pros and cons to both. I uh, still have that GT badge. That's though. right, that's right. <laughs> and they were both white, too. I, that's yeah. terribly interesting. Um, sold that car. Um, I drove my wife's um, 98 Mustang. Um, for a little while, <laughs> another V6 automatic, uh, a 98, uh, Ford Mustang that she inherited from her brother. And so by the time I got to it, it was already well used and abused. And, uh, it was a tired old car. 
if you know anything about the brothers and what they put it through, yes. Oh my, is. yeah. <laughs> it was used for construction by that point, right? I, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, definitely some table saws and uh, and things like that carried around in that car. So uh, after the Mustang, we uh, we as a family at that point bought a uh, Pontiac G6, a 2008 Pontiac G6. Same 3.4 V6 under the hood of that one. Even after ten years, you probably of, had that one the longest out of any. Uh, I think so. Yeah. We, yeah, I had that car for quite a while. Um, ended up trading it in and almost got as much for it as what we paid for it originally. That's unheard of. Uh, yeah, it was. It was, that was a fun one. Um, but that was a blast of a car. Also, uh, I miss Pontiac very much. Um, they've had some real winners and they've had the most obvious loser in probably all of car history with the Aztec, but yes. Well, you, you had to bring the Aztec up in the first episode. We're going to alienate people from this podcast in the first episode. One of my high school best friends sought out and purchased a used Pontiac Aztec and she loved that thing more than any other car she had had or would have uh, in the future, so my goodness, there there is some Aztec love here. I enjoy, some, yeah, yeah. It's small. <laughs> it served its purpose, even <laughs> if that purpose is the lightning rod and the butt of all all jokes. Yeah, but. yeah, probably so. Um, let's see. So after the G6, I think I ended up with the uh, the '94. Yeah, that would have been my '94 F150. So back to America. That's right. Yeah, back <laughs> to VA. back to my American. Well, it was a V8. I don't know how big it was, but uh, uh, no, that that truck, um, I that was really when I started coming into my own as far as choice of vehicles. Yeah. Um, you know, before it was more about what kind of purpose it was going to serve, or it was the one that was left over. So, right. um, you know, the Volkswagen was my first one, and then everything from then kind of came out of necessity. Exactly, exactly, and so. With the F-150, um, I had my now ex-wife, uh, my my oldest son's mom, had moved back to Texas, and, uh, and she took the Mustang with her, so I traded in the G6. Uh, her decision, not mine. Don't jump all over me for that one, okay? 9808. I know it doesn't yeah. make sense, but that was what she took. It was a fa- family heirloom kind of a yeah. thing, so... Um, but no, uh, ended up with, um, a 1994 Ford F-150 XLT four wheel drive, uh, manual with a 302 V8. Uh, it was extended cab and it was the two tone green. And I will emphasize the green people have complained that it was blue, but it was not blue. It was very green. It was a tealish seafoam. Green. (laughs) Green. It was green. Green. (laughs) Uh, no, and I, I absolutely loved that truck. Uh, but again, necessity uh, led me to uh, end up selling that truck. Um, and, you know, it, this was around 2008, 2009. So the economy was kind of meh and gas prices were like, holy crap. Yeah. So uh, I ended up, <laughs> I think I had a picture on Facebook for a while of... Uh, it, it was a dual tank truck, so there were two 
like 24 gallon so tanks. So you really could spend an arm and a leg. Oh, absolutely. Like yeah. There was uh, one of the times I went to the gas station, the total bill was $123. And it was it was close <laughs> to 50 gallons worth of fuel. I mean, it was. It I don't was think insane. I ever went over 85, but we'll get into mine in a little uh, bit. Yeah, it was. Mm. So I, uh, I bought a. Uh, I sold that truck, uh, bought a 2000 Honda Civic. And I think out of the vehicles that I have owned to, to date, and I've owned some decent rigs, but the vehicles that I've owned to date, that was probably the most bang for the buck. Well, out Honda, of, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Reliability and um, all the, the, the reliability was incredible. I did very little, if anything, to that car. I had to put, I had to put uh, tires on it when I bought it. It needed tires. But it had the 14 steel wheels. Yeah. And so for like an extra 150 bucks, I was able to get 15s. Uh, you're laughing at me because you remember how hideous those 15s were. I'm just laughing at the fact that we're talking 14s and 15s now. I don't think you can get anything smaller than a 16. They, they, they may not exist. <laughs> yeah, they they may not. Um, so, yeah, so I ended up uh, with a 2000 Honda Civic. Uh, it was just a, a, a plain jam. I think it was an EX uh and uh, four-cylinder, five-speed, you know, back to the four-cylinders again, I know. Uh, but it had power windows and locks. It had uh, a, a keyless entry button, and it had a sunroof. Oh, man, it was great. Uh, and I drove the mess out of that car. Um, if there's anything consistent about my vehicle history, it's that if the throttle pedal would go that far, I would put it there. Um I, I loved hammering on all of my vehicles, but that one, it didn't matter how I drove it. It got 30 plus miles to the gallon yeah. all the time, anytime, every time, whether I was on the highway or stop and go traffic. For some reason, that thing got incredible mileage. Um, and it was a it was a blast of a little car. And going from $100 fill-ups to that. Oh, yeah, yeah, to like $40 fill-ups. And it would last me... Forever. 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 So, yeah, that was a... That was a fun little car. Um, of course, I had it for a little while. The economy got a little better. Fuel prices came down a little bit, and uh, you got that itch. I, I yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did get the itch. My wife tells me I, I never got rid of the itch, but uh, I, I think we were probably both born with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's I, not I, going away. I'm constantly shopping. I, <laughs> Facebook Marketplace is a horrible thing. Yes. Horribly, terribly, wonderful app, thing. Bad Auto thing Trader. Too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All yeah. of it. Technology is Craigslist. It's, yes. Yeah. Um, that, could, that, that would be a great episode. Yeah. We could do like Craigslist versus Facebook versus Auto Trader or something yeah. like that. That would be a good one. We'll have to we, follow up on that one. We should do that. Um, so I, uh, I sold the car and I got into a. Please don't hate me for this. The 2008 Ford. <coughs> easy, easy. 2008 Ford F-150 crew cab, four-wheel drive, with the dreaded three-valve <laughs> Triton 5.4. And I say dreaded with all respect to the idiotic engineers at Ford Motor Company who thought that engine was a good idea. Um, well, Ford does stand for fix or repair daily, and you're kind of living that right now. Right? I'm, I am definitely living that right now. Yes, I've, I have, uh, I've had that engine apart more times than I care to know about. Um, I've done the cam phasers and timing chain and oil pump and water pump and all those fixings. 
Um, and it took, I, I had it almost completely apart when my dad came down one weekend and, uh, and he and I spent 12 hours on a Saturday finishing tearing that truck apart and putting it back together. Not because I don't know what I'm doing, but because it was such a pain in the butt yeah. to change out those cam phasers and timing chain. Um, and I, I continue to have issues with it. D- different things, um, different, just ridiculous Ford things. Uh, you know, in all of that, you are still sitting here wearing a Ford hoodie. Absolutely. As we speak. Oh, so. absolutely. And that, that, <laughs> They've that, done nothing to drive you away. Well, yes. And I, I will say this, uh, and, and before, before anybody thinks that I'm, I'm, 100% gung-ho Ford. I am not. And I would argue also that your 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 GM buddies... <laughs> well, that's, that's a whole other story <laughs> you can get into. Uh, that that the, the LS platform has probably been one of the greatest engineering marvels in the history of the automobile, especially in the history of the V8. What they've been able to accomplish with that and keep refining on over absolutely it's been impressive it's it, yeah it's incredible it's incredible uh, and, and the little things that end up happening with it are just that they're little things yeah. and most of the time anything aftermarket has already fixed those issues so uh yeah if 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 i could have a uh if i could have an f-150 <laughs> you're about to commit heresy here aren't you <laughs> probably so if i could have and i'll i'll say it boldly if I could have an F-150 with an LS engine under the hood, that would be the truck worth having. There's something to be said about that. I'm not quite sure what it is at this point, but there's something to be said. So that's that's your current vehicle. So that's, that's, yeah, that that's my current That brings us up rig. to speed on y'all. Yeah, yeah. And then your wife. My Yes, she, she actually got, for her graduation present, that her parents made her pay for a 2005 uh, Toyota Camry uh, EXL, the the fancy one. I yes. mean, leathered out, power everything, beautiful little car. Um, and we drove that thing. Uh, well, she she put sixty thousand miles on it, going back and forth to visit her parents and everything else during college. And then she and I, um, I was working fifteen miles across town one way. Uh, when we moved back to Texas, and so I put some miles on that car too. We ended up selling it to a friend of ours, and it's still going strong. Yeah. Uh, but we bought for her. She wanted something bigger. You know, we have we have two boys now instead of just one. So she wanted something that that could haul them and their buddies and baseball bats and everything else. So we've the got a infamous three row SUV. Absolutely, and I would argue, of the size of that SUV, it is the largest. As far as interior space, uh, and and arguably so the most comfortable. So you need to tell everybody what it is. It you is. And I both know. It is a 2012 Honda Pilot, um, and yes, I know, I know there are transmission issues with those vehicles from like 2007, eight up through 2012. Thankfully, we have not had those issues just yet. We're at almost 140 thousand on that car. Uh, bought it with. Um, just under a hundred thousand yeah. uh, a couple of years ago, and it's been it's been an awesome rig. My parents have one too. Uh, I believe it's a 2012 as well, and uh, things still running strong. They use it for all their long road trips and vacations that oh, we yeah. go on with them. And 
you, you ain't kidding. That thing is huge inside. It's because it's, it's a giant box. It is. Yeah. And so the the wheels and tires are on the corners, and so yeah, the whole interior space is just and they handle. And that three point five V six is it's yeah. Honda did something very right with that rig. What so, about you? <clears throat> my history. All right, here we go. So. Just a little bit about me. Uh, I fell in love with cars in general uh, when we moved from the Houston area to Tyler. And we were living in an apartment complex waiting for them to finish building our house. And the neighbors up above us had a 4th gen Camaro. At this point in my life, I'm sad to say, I don't know exactly what year model it was, but it could have been anywhere from 93 to, it was 96 at the time, and it was blue-green, I think, I can't even remember the actual name of it, (laughs) but I fell in love with that car, and I, I would stare out the window at it in the parking lot, and I started asking my mom all sorts of questions, because she was the one we went to about all kinds of car history. And mom, what's this? Mom, what's that? Dad was working and we were off for the summer. So, and she told me what it was. And that's when I started researching in the pre-internet days, pre-internet, pre-internet days before, uh, you could just Google anything you wanted, uh, everything I could about the Camaro. I went in bookstores and bought books and I fell in love with that car and its history and everything about it. So by the time I got to middle school, I was car posters all over the wall and things like that. But my first car was actually a hand-me-down. It was uh, my grandfather's uh, vehicle, and I started off strong, <laughs> or I started off spoiled, if you want to say. <laughs> uh, 1991, so not necessarily the best year model for American automotive engineering. Right. But it was still a Cadillac Eldorado. Absolutely. And he only drove it to the golf course and back. So hardly any miles on it. V8 engine. Yeah. Front wheel drive. So that was kind of weird. The doors on that thing. Two door. Again, 90s American car. Oh, yeah. The doors would kill you if they even thought about closing on you. You better get out of the way. (laughs) I think they were longer than the car was, actually. (laughs) Yeah. uh, You rode in that thing a few times. I did. You know... uh, yeah, um, it was maroon outside, maroon leather inside, uh, it was marooned out. Uh, it was, so blacked out cars now are murdered out. This thing was marooned out. That's it, it. it that's was it. Uh, a sight to behold, but uh, digital gauges, all kinds of fancy whiz bang gadgetry for 1991. And uh, that was when I started learning about car troubles <laughs> again. <laughs> 90s American engineering did not let me down, uh, or should I say, did let me down repetitively. Uh, That thing got to where it was constantly in the shop, and it was transmission issues, which are not cheap. And I remember one day I pulled into the garage and said, what on earth is that smell? And I started sniffing around, and... I I noticed there was a trail all the way down the driveway, all the way down the street, and as far as I could see, there was a trail down the road. I was leaking transmission fluid for at least a mile, and uh, I'm surprised it had anything left by the time I got back from school that day, but that was just the tip of the iceberg of the problems I had with that car. Um, It was a family car, so it didn't go away, 
but uh, I used some uh, college money that I wasn't needing because I was going here locally. I had a lot saved up growing up. Thank you, grandparents. <laughs> and uh, bought the first vehicle I could I picked out for myself. I don't even remember how we found it, but it was the Pontiac Grand Am GT. Yes, it was a four-door, but it was a GT. And uh, I, going down the list of spoiled, uh, it also had leather seats. It had a sunroof. Uh, it had a monsoon sound system in yes, it. Yes, it did. That was yeah. a sweet car. I actually miss it a lot. It, it was a fun car. It didn't weigh a lot coming from <laughs> a boat of a vehicle right. that did. Uh, and it handled, like, nothing compared to... <laughs> my history at that point you right know? and i loved that it got me around uh took me to and from my first job which was at a swimming pool store which led to my next vehicle which started me down a very dangerous path of buying exclusively brand new vehicles yeah yeah so my first ever brand new vehicle uh was a beautiful one i love it it's probably the one i would uh, go back to if I could. I've seen it around town since, but it was your your exact truck. Yes, and I know it was mine because of what I did to it. So oh my! It, it was it was mine. Uh, I know her face quite well. <laughs> and uh, anyway, it was a 2007 brand new body style, the redesigned Chevy Silverado Crew Cab Texas Edition. That's when they really went heavy on this whole oh, Texas yeah. Edition thing. Chrome everywhere. Yes, lots of chrome. It was 2LT, so it was like as close as I could get to the top of the line without being top of the line. Leather seats, um, spray and bed liner, like it, it, it had it all. It was beautiful. Uh, I put custom exhaust on it, put a custom grill on it. Uh, wanted to do all sorts of things to that, but uh, life situations changed. You alluded to uh, the economy and fuel prices, <laughs> and like I said, I topped out at I believe the highest I ever paid for a tank of gas was eighty-five bucks. But that was at a time in my life where I could not afford eighty-five dollar <laughs> Phillips. Yeah, and uh, I bought it on the premise of uh, doing swimming pool cleaning and repair. And by the time I got rid of it, I wasn't doing that anymore. So all that extra income was gone. And yeah, I needed something a little more e economical and fuel efficient. And uh, so what did you buy, Corey? <laughs> in your, in your... <laughs> 2011 Chevy Equinox uh -huh. SUV. Uh -huh. A mom car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very much a mom car. Oh, yeah. And it was... Uh, Going back to maroon, it was maroon-ish. I won't say what other school from around this general area it looked like, but it was maroon. It was maroon. It's not it what was. you read. It, it was. was maroon. And uh, again, 2LT, decked out, sunroof, leather, heated seats, remote start. That's when you know that oh, yeah. really became a thing. I think the truck had remote start too, but and it had the switchblade key, which car now still has a switchblade key but that's a cool feature <laughs> i don't ever want to go away um, volkswagen started that i will mention they did they did i remember my dad test drove a uh, golf once and was looking at getting it and that was the first one i ever saw with the switchblade key like that's awesome but uh yeah had had my little equinox bought it for fuel efficiency it was a four banger so like i really went down oh, from yeah. a 5.3 v8 to a four banger yeah equinox 
And uh, I bought it because I was going to Texas Rangers games, two-hour drive away, one way, uh, 25 times a year. <clears throat> and uh, so it got expensive. Yes, And yes, got something with a better fuel economy and was immediately let down. Uh, it never lived up to the fuel economy figures on the sticker. Granted, you and I both have a heavy foot. That that was a tough vehicle to drive with a yeah. heavy foot because yeah. that was not its intended purpose ever. And uh, yeah, so that one lasted all about a year before I got a promotion at work and uh, turned 25, that magical age for guys and car insurance. Oh, yeah. Everything gets cheaper because all of a sudden you become a better driver right then and there. Right. Instantaneously. You become, on your 25th birthday. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, I bought a 2012 45th anniversary edition Camaro SS. 6.2 liter, six-speed transmission. Man, I love that thing. All the good stuff. Yes. And fully decked out. Like, every option that you could get on it. The first and only decked out brand new car i've ever owned or probably ever will own at this point in my life it was beautiful but man i i absolutely love that thing and i also overstepped my bounds on that one so you should <laughs> never ever buy your dream car unless you've just got tons of money to put into it because yeah. again jags auto trader uh facebook yeah. mark anywhere i could spend money right I was looking to spend money on that car. I don't know why I said auto trader. I wasn't going to trade it. But, yeah, car parts, uh, I put an intake on it almost immediately. Thank of you, course. K&N. Uh, but, uh, oh, I want to pour so much money into that. But uh, it's interesting. The two rear tires on that car are more expensive than the whole set of four for my current car. Mm. So, uh, yeah, that car got expensive very quickly. And uh, what? Wait, it, so... Just the rear tires, though. Yeah. Did you ever have to replace the front? No. No. no never. Not. I only owned it for a year again. Well, uh, because of how expensive it was. But yeah, no. Uh, funny thing, I, I never had to replace the front ones. <laughs> just the rears. Just the rear. But uh, yeah, um, all-time favorite car, personally, the Camaro, and then to get to own one. We, on top of that, it was an anniversary edition. You and I road tripped that car yes. to Houston for a game one time. And that was not long after I got it. That was probably one of the first long trips I took it on. And uh, Well, it wasn't that long of a trip in that car. No. It was... <laughs> I made it quick. Yeah. 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 And the thing about that one is it was deceptively fast. Oh, man. Like, I've gotten speeding... I've gotten pulled over for speeding several times in my life. But that's the first one I ever got a ticket in. <laughs> really? And what gets me is I got the speeding ticket when I wasn't even intentionally speeding. I was coming home from my parents' house on Christmas Eve night and d driving home just kind of zoned out. And apparently I was doing like 15 over. Now, I was so mad because in that car I have done so much worse. Yeah. Safe driving, folks. Safe driving. That's right. But... To get pulled over when I was just cruising along, not even paying attention to things, it was upsetting. But I'm sure the cop was not ha happy about having to work on Christmas Eve, nor was I happy about getting to meet him. Probably so, not, yeah. Yeah, I had to trade that car in. Uh, it had kind of become an idol in my life and uh, needed to separate myself from 
from that. Uh, I still love it, still dream about it. Oh, yeah. I love that car, but went super practical and economic. You you went economic, literally... Like, the polar opposite. Like the only... The, there were two... Well, three things about the vehicle that you purchased after the Camaro that really coincide with the Camaro. Mm-hmm. One was the color. Mm-hmm. One was the manual transmission. Yeah, it couldn't couldn't steer away from that and the other one was that it had four wheels like the camaro Uh, and they're both chevys Uh, okay all right so they were both (laughs) yes both gm products so yes uh i traded my my all-time favorite car my dream car in for a 2013 chevy cruise eco with a six-speed manual transmission at least you kept the manual (laughs) yes yes that car, I will say, is incredibly fun to drive for what it is. Oh, yeah. It is meant to get just crazy good fuel economy. It stickers for 42 on the highway. I've gotten over 50 before. Like wow. that thing will get the fuel economy from a non hybrid engine. It is a turbo four. Yeah. But that thing, it just it sips the gas. And I mean, I can drive to Dallas and back. And still go to work for a week before I had to fill it up. Like, barely have to. I think I fill it up once a month. Granted, I drive 12 miles a day to and from work. Yeah. Yeah. Polar opposite. So, so James May, the James May (laughs) from that other other GT GT show. show. Yes. Who who argues that um, driving a slow car fast is more fun than driving a fast car slow. Would that there is some very wise truth in that? Yeah. Because um, the Camaro would sometimes scare me because of how much power it had, and I'm not formally trained. I mean, I'm an idiot kid with a lot of horsepower. <laughs> um, but I have taken both cars down the same windy roads, and yes, they're both fun in their own rights. Yeah. Given it the choice, money not an issue. I definitely have the Camaro. But I'm having fun with what I've got. Good. So, yes, that's think, where that's where I'm at now. Chevy Cruze Eco. Got a kid, so it's practical. I fill it up sure. once a week. Um, and then I married into, so this one is fun, a Mini Cooper. A 2010 Mini Cooper. All right. Uh, not the S. So, base model, uh, teal blue-ish green. My wife fell in love with the color, and that's oh, yeah. why she bought that one. I described the motor as sounding like a lawnmower, like <laughs> I, a a passion passionate driving vehicle that was not. Yeah, yeah. So um, after we got married and started planning for a family, two doors was not going to work for us, and traded that guy in uh, for a 2014 Jeep Cherokee Trailhawk. Which was almost new at the time. Almost new at the time. We got it in 2016, 2017, something like that. And it is loaded. It has everything. The thing will park itself. My wife never uses that feature. I do as a party trick. Yeah. It's cool. It's interesting. But uh, it's stickered brand new for 42. And we were able to get it for 24. And it only had 18,000 miles on it when we bought it. Yeah, that's a heck of a deal. We love that thing. I have not been able to find a deal anywhere close since we've bought that. And I've kept looking because I'm like, man, if I can find another one of those or anything 
as good for as cheap sure. and as few miles, man, that that was a winner for us. And Absolutely. So that is the car we take everywhere now. The poor cruise uh, sits around, and like I said, 12 miles a day is about all she sees. So so the resale value will be incredible, right? Because well, there won't be uh, any miles on it when <laughs> it, it finally... Uh, it's only got 76,000 on it right now, and uh, it's already had some major engine work done to it. So good old Merca yeah. engineering right there. Absolutely. You've, we were looking into that yeah. just a couple of weeks ago, weren't yes. we? Yes. We, we can look into that a little bit further in the future. What, what is it about us with these practical vehicles that we buy, and then they bite us in the butt when it comes to mechanical issues? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure all our uh, Japanese automaker friends will say you know you got to buy a toyota you got to buy honda stuff yeah. like that but uh i am a diehard loyal if you hadn't figured buy all my cars a uh, gm fanboy uh chevy in particular but i have never personally driven or owned i've driven other things but i've never owned anything for my personal use that has not been general motors until so. Until the Jeep. The Jeep, but again... Which is the wife's car. That's the wife's car, yeah, yes. Absolutely. Very much her car, but uh, it, it's got me looking elsewhere now. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. So I'm, I'm branching out in my old age, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to call it that. Well, we just want to say thank all of y'all for listening. It has been a great time. We're very excited about this little passion project that we've got going on called Garage Talk. Uh, we've got a lot of things in store and planned for the future that we look forward to. But uh, right now, we've got this weekly podcast that we highly encourage you to subscribe to and listen to. You can check us out at gtgaragetalk.com where you can find out all information about us. See see our faces for once. Our, yeah. our, our faces are actually up on, on the website. You see me sitting in my Camaro. Yeah, living it up for the one year that I had it. Yeah. And uh, so. And there's go. there's a skinny picture of me in one of my <laughs> other Volkswagens there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, gtgaragetalk.com for all information about us and where we are. You can subscribe to our podcast that way or find it anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, you can also hit us up on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at gtgaragetalk. And join the conversation. We'll be reading all comments and uh, formulating future show topics from all of that. And Absolutely. Look forward to starting the discussion because that's what this podcast is all about. It is a discussion about all things automotive. And we join, ask you to join with us and uh, just help grow this into an awesome community. Until next week, bye.